Welcome to the Kick-Ass Podcast, episode number seven. I'm your host, Heather McDonald, and today we are talking about our top five newest tips for using Instagram. Welcome to the Kick-Ass Podcast, where you'll find the tools to level up your business, your mindset, and your life. Please fasten your seatbelt. We're jumping into some really cool Instagram tips. Most of this stuff was was available since last summer, but since, but in my time, it is January of 2020. And these are some things that we're not seeing a lot of people use, or they're new things that we're, people are suggesting online. The very first tip we are going to be talking about today really focuses on event planners. So if you are an event planner professionally, or if you run a business where you do events, or you launch products, or you launch things like new episodes of podcasts, things like that, then this first tip is definitely for you. Instagram stories now allows for um, a countdown sticker. So you can put up a sticker that will start anywhere from a, a couple of days in advance. Now, you know that stories don't last that long, so you do have to put it up a few times. However, you can um, experiment with adding a countdown sticker to your Instagram story, and it does a couple of things. Um, one of them is if you have over 10,000 followers on Instagram, you can combine it with an actual link to buy your tickets because you are able to put links in stories, but only those accounts that have over 10,000 people. So even if you don't have 10,000 people, your Instagram story can be a countdown to an event and you can direct people to your bio or to another link from within it. So you can ask people to go check out your bio for the links to the tickets. The other thing that it does is it actually creates urgency for launches. So when people are launching a product or they're doing something new or something's coming up, one of the biggest things that happens is they really start trying to talk about it day of or maybe day before. This is a really non-intrusive, fun way to launch a new product or a new blog post or a new website, whatever it happens to be well in advance without having it sort of, you have to talk about it over and over and over and over and over again, because the story just kind of stays there and the countdown just keeps going. The reason I would recommend this, 60% of business stories right now that are, that are online actually have an interactive element. Most marketers are using hashtag stickers. A lot of them are using polls. There's lots of people asking for, um, they're putting in the question box, asking for feedback, things like that. The countdown one was one of the last ones to be added and it's not being overused right now. So it's actually getting a lot of response and people are actually starting to see it pay off. So that's why it's tip number one. Moving right along to tip number two, this is something that is near and dear to my heart because accessibility on the internet is such an incredible concern. And it's a growing concern as we're having more and more people join the digital world and having more and more people left behind. If you haven't joined the digital world, having alt text is now a thing you can add to all of your Instagram posts. For those of you who work in SEO, who work with websites, you know alt text is a great way to have on-page SEO. The alt text is basically the thing that tells Google as it's reading through your site, because it doesn't. Google doesn't know what a picture looks like. It doesn't know what it is. It knows the file name, it knows your description, and then you put alternative text. So if somebody is visually impaired, 
that site is read back to them. They can't see the picture, so their Google will read the site and will tell them what that picture is of. You can now do that on Instagram. It is a fantastic, fantastic tool for accessibility. So those who are visually impaired are able to still go on Instagram and enjoy it. The picture doesn't even have to be there. You can use a descriptor and the person who's who's looking at it, whether they can see or not, it's able to tell what the picture is. The way to do it, you just tap advanced settings, choose write alt text. The other really kind of interesting, fun, cool marketing aspect to alt texts on Instagram is although right now the way we categorize and access um, categories of content on Instagram is via hashtags, if this alt text takes off and is used regularly, it could very easily one day be used for Instagram SEO for Instagram search engine optimization. So within the discover page, within the explore, within all of those things, we could see companies moving away from over hashtagging and to go directly into alt text. So if somebody's looking for shoes or boots or whatever it happens to be, they'll look for the alt text before they'll look for the hashtags, which is actually a nice little segue into our third tip, which is Limit your hashtags. Instagram allows you to do up to 30 hashtags. And most people have figured out that if you put it in the first comment, rather than putting it right in the caption, it looks nice and neat and you still get all the marketing benefit out of it. Um, People have figured out that if you put hashtags in your stories, that's really beneficial. However, what we're seeing now is there's such a glut of non-relevant hashtags attached to each picture that people are no longer searching hashtags and following hashtags the way they used to because now you just don't get the same kind of content out of it. So if you're using the same hashtags over and over and over again, let's say you have your same block of 30 hashtags, a lot of those are actually starting to kill you in the algorithm. They're not being shown to people because they're seen as not relevant. So what we're recommending people do now, we want you to choose five to 10 hashtags and maybe two or three that are specific to your brand. So you can send people to just check out your hashtag where you're only going to see the posts that are connected to your brand, your products, and your customers. But for the other three to eight that you're using, instead of having them be a sort of scattershot, you know, success, business, inspiration, fitspo, those types of things, drop those and only put the hashtags that are really relevant for the picture that is in front of you. As an example, this was something that um, somebody, a photographer that I've worked with, she's not from our province, she's from across the country. She was putting her block of hashtags, which one of them was hashtag corporate photo, hashtag headshot on every single picture. And she was promoting a lot of boudoir shots, which if you don't know what they are, they're kind of the the pictures that you take when, you know, scantily clad and you're giving them as a gift to your significant other, or you're doing it as a, as a gift of self-love for yourself. However, what they are not is corporate photos or headshots. 
So if somebody is following the corporate photo or the headshot hashtag, all of a sudden, oh my gosh, there's boobs. Not what I was expecting. That's actually not a good way for her to get new clients in the corporate or headshot world. It is a terrible, terrible experience to go along and be expecting all business things and maybe be sitting somewhere where people can see your feed and then all of a sudden, oh, you follow boudoir. Okay, that's interesting. So make sure your hashtags match your actual picture. Most of us post different things every day. We don't take a picture of a product every single day. For heaven's sakes, I hope you don't, because that's not the best way to get your whole message out there. So if you're posting one day about behind the scenes stuff and your hashtags are identical to when you're posting a picture of an actual product shot, and then that's identical to you posting a picture of you at an event, none of those are going to match an actual audience. None of those are going to speak to the audience that the hashtag is being used to grab. Match your hashtag to your content, make it relevant, and make it important for people to watch your stuff rather than getting lost in the noise. The next tip came out of a conversation I had yesterday and a whole bunch of conversations I've had in the last couple of weeks about content strategy, marketing strategy, Instagram strategy. The biggest thing I want you to know about Instagram strategy is have you been on Instagram for a while and you have a follower, you have a follower base, you have, um, you know, a good amount of engagement. You're just looking to build. I want you to know your current audience inside and out. I want you to know your insights. I want you to know when people are looking at your stuff. I want you to know who's looking at it, who's interacting with it, who's actually using it. And Instagram gives you a lot of that information in their insights. And a lot of people who are running their own thing, that's just one hat they don't want to put on. They don't want to look at the measurement of what they're doing. Your measurement is not just the likes you get. Your measurement is also who is responding to what and when. So then you can decide, well, on Mondays, I have the absolute best uptake. So I'm going to put my new products out on Monday because my audience is already there. And on Thursday, I happen to have like fewer people who are seeing my stuff, fewer people who are noticing. So on Thursday, I'm going to make sure that I just post, you know, some fun behind the scenes branded stuff that if people see it, wonderful. If not, not too devastating to my business. If you're brand new to Instagram and you check out your insights and you don't really have any because you don't have enough followers to start creating a pattern yet, then I want you to become very, very intimate with the strategies of your marquee competitors. I want you analyzing when they post. And in the case of international businesses, watch for time zones. They may be posting at two o'clock in the afternoon, their time, and you may be seeing that they posted at 2 a.m. your time, but double check to see how they are using their audience and they are building their strategy. And in the initial stages of you building your audience and you building your strategy, there is nothing wrong with beg, borrowing, stealing their tactics. I do not recommend that you beg, borrow, steal their content plan 
but their tactics, absolutely. They've gone through this. They've built an audience. You get to look at them and find out how they did it and then recreate it for yourself, for your own audience. It's a really good starting off point. And from there, you can see, okay, this is not working as well because people aren't actually following this same strategy here. That happens a lot. In Atlantic Canada, where I am, we have a very different way of interacting with the internet, even than across the other side of Canada out in BC. We have different hot times. We have different really, really busy times. And then even within Atlantic Canada, different businesses have different hot times because they have different markets. If your market is stay-at-home moms, they're going to be on the internet in a very different way than if your market is, you know, corporate executives, or if your market is startups, or if your market is, you know, teenagers. They're all on the internet in very different ways. So find out what other people are doing to attract the same market that you're looking to attract. And from there, start measuring, start adjusting and start testing, start playing around with it. You are allowed to put up a piece of content and if it doesn't do well, take it down and try it a different day. You are allowed to do that, especially, especially when you're starting out. Don't worry if a piece doesn't go viral or it goes dead or something. You can just repost it. I can't, you can't repost it the next day and the next day and the next day, but you can take it down and repost if it was just something that didn't work. It didn't get shown. The last tip kind of goes along with the same sort of overall strategy plan. For 2020, something that we're going to be doing in our office and for our clients And something we're definitely going to be recommending to um, all of our consultation clients is batching posts in groups of nine. I am not telling you that you need to start going with the, you know, solid pink picture, like graphic image, solid pink, solid pink, graphic image, solid pink, or black, white, black, white, black, because those over curated pages Those do not feel authentic either. However, batching your post in groups of nine means when people see that first part of your page on their phone, they will get to see what we want them to do is get to see who you are, what you do, and why you should be doing it for them. So if your posts, let's say, this is an example I always use as a different photographer, um, one who is struggling to get wedding shoots. So I went on his Facebook page and his Instagram, and during that time, he'd been doing his passion project that was taking pictures of dogs. Well, when you're scrolling through and scrolling through and scrolling through, and for 14 scrolls, all you see are dogs, I am not going to be hiring the dog photographer to do my wedding. He was really surprised that people didn't just assume he was good at doing weddings as well. We need to see that stuff. We need you putting front and center all the time all the aspects of what you do or what you want to be doing. If you've been doing a lot of one job or one aspect of your job and you're really looking to get a different type of client, or if you're really looking to expand, let's say you're an HR rep and you really want to be a speaker, but everything you're talking is about HR, nobody knows you want to be a speaker. Make sure speaker is in there just as much as everything else. One of the ways to sort of create a framework around that is to follow the value framework. So V-A-L-U-E, this comes from Susan Muller, who is 
fantastic. She is one of my social media gurus. She's one of my go-to people. I read as much of her stuff as I can. And she has this down into value. So V is for valuable, which obviously goes along with value. So she wants your posts, well, at least half of your posts in your nine to be helpful or educational. The rest can be kind of spread out in between aspirational. So those like business quotes, idealized stuff, helping people attain their goals, the cheerleader posts, a life cycle post with an actual call to action, um, encouraging interaction, getting people to see the physical thing you do, unique post with proprietary content focused directly on your business. So that could be one where every, you know, few posts you're like, Hey, I'm also a speaker. Hey, I'm also a speaker. Hey, I'm also a speaker. So people just kind of have that in the back of their minds. Every time they scroll through your stuff within your nine posts, they're going to see that you also want to do this other thing. And the E is evergreen. You want to create timely and relevant posts, but the content is going to be useful for years. So it wouldn't be like an evergreen post wouldn't be, you know, the newest information about the Facebook algorithm because Lord knows that changes all the time. That is not going to be an evergreen statement. But following the three scroll rule where you want to find out what you do, who you do it for and why you should be doing it for them in three scrolls, whether it's your thumb on a phone or on a trackpad or on a mouse, that three scroll rule isn't going to change. It hasn't changed and it isn't going to change. You still want people to scroll through and see everything you do, see a wide range of what you do pretty much immediately. And that should inform how you set up your groups of nine. Make sure within those groups, you're hitting educational, helpful information, aspirational, goal-attaining cheerleader stuff, a call to action, something about purchasing, unique and proprietary information focused on your business, timely, relevant, useful content that will go on for a long period of time. So it could be tips and tricks on how to store your product. It could be tips and tricks on how to use your product. Whatever it is, it's timely, it's relevant, it's useful, and it's going to be going that way for a long, long time. That is it for tips and tricks for Instagram. So if you liked what you heard, please let us know. We do live on caffeine and validation. Hit subscribe, leave us a review. And if you want to get in touch to see how we can help you, you can find us at hala.agency, H-A-L-A dot agency, or online everywhere as Hala Connected. Coming up next, we are going to be discussing the three client avatars, a.k.a. buyer personas, a.k.a. all kinds of different terminology, depending on which marketer you talk to. And until next time, kick ass and live on purpose. We hope you've enjoyed this podcast. Now put down your phone and start kicking ass.